0: Welcome to Familypreneur, the podcast for parent entrepreneurs, raising kidpreneurs. It's time for your weekly dose of inspiration and actionable tips to build your business and find better balance, all while strengthening your family. And now we'd like to introduce your host. She's my mom and the bomb.com, Meg Brunson. Brunson. Hey there. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Familypreneur podcast. We are in the middle of a super special interview series with industry-leading experts who also happen to be presenting at the Organic Marketing Summit on November 9th through 13th. The Organic Marketing Summit is an event I created and hand-selected each amazing speaker for to support busy parents through the process of building profitable businesses without sacrificing family time. This summit is unique because we have one goal, to produce an organic marketing plan that will position you to be profitable and make 2021 the best year yet in your business and with your family. Over five days, you'll work through a marketing plan workbook with the guidance of over 20 expert marketers guiding you through the process. At the end of the week, you'll be equipped with a formal marketing plan and the tools and resources you need to execute it. If you haven't already gotten your free ticket to the summit, you can grab that at OrganicMarketingSummit.com. Now let's introduce today's guest. Today's guest is a number one best-selling author, speaker, and coach who began her first online brand over six years ago while also working in a high-pressure corporate sales position. She was facing a number of challenges in her personal life that limited the time she could spend building her business. She discovered a passion for helping others and poured over $100,000 into into developing her vast internet marketing skills. After over five years building online businesses, she realized the key to her online success was her ability to attract her dream customers, see their needs, and then provide solutions for them. Since then, she's appeared on numerous stages, spoken on countless podcasts, including Familypreneur, and is frequently invited to conduct exclusive trainings for top industry leaders. And I'm cited. I'm excited to both have her contributing to the Organic Marketing Summit in November and also to introduce you today to Chantelle
1: Turner. Hey, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, thank you. I really appreciate being here.
0: Well, it is your second time back. You also participated in the Become Influential Summit, which was back in June. Um, so if anybody was around for that, they know that they're in for a treat and get to learn more from you this time. Um, and in this interview, I'd love to start. Just with hearing your story about what made you fall in love with Facebook groups specifically,
1: Yes, so it was totally an accident. <laughs> it was not strategic or intentional, um, but uh, I was you know like you said, happily building a corporate career. My husband and I decided we wanted to start a family. I had a perfect pregnancy, and then during labor, my daughter actually had an inutero stroke, and it took Uh, 11 days in the NICU, all sorts of paperwork and social workers and just total craziness. And the social workers had said they were applying for SUF. For us to help financially and they never did. And so six months down the road, I ended up with a mountain of medical bills, even though I had a good corporate job and good insurance, like it just does not cover a large portion of that. And, um, and I had to kind of scramble. I had been already, you know, working like crazy. My husband was traveling 80% of the year for his work. I was commuting three hours a day, taking my daughter to daycare, and then also trying to get her into all of her therapies and appointments and give her like the best opportunity to have the best life possible with these new challenges and then getting hit with that financial burden it was just tough. And I didn't know how, like I had to find a way to earn some extra income without getting a third job because there was just no, like we couldn't do that. And I turned to the internet. I was very fortunate to kind of figure some stuff out early on into how to help pay off our medical bills by, you know, building a business on the internet. Um, But one of the big things I wanted to do was connect with other parents who had children with special needs. I was an island All of my mom friends, and I didn't even have that many mom friends, but all of my mom friends had neurotypical children. And they were very supportive and very kind to me, but they just didn't understand the challenges that I was going through. And I wanted to connect with other special needs parents. So I started joining Facebook groups for special needs parenting. And sadly, what I found was that inside those groups, a lot of people were negative. They were like, women are just vicious. I don't understand this need to like tear other women down. But that's what was happening inside these groups. There was very little support and the admins weren't really helping. And so people would ask a question and I knew the answer because I'd literally just finished doing the research on that thing. So I would come in and I would answer and I would help and I would support. And finally, I thought, why am I in here helping somebody else build their crappy community when I can go build my own? And that's exactly what I did. I founded a brand called Stronger Mommy with the goal of helping other special needs parents get the resources, services, support, and community that they needed. And I started a Facebook group. Uh, I just started letting people know, like, hey, I'm a special needs parent. If you're also a special needs parent dealing with these challenges, let's get together. And in the droves, people came. I mean, I was a nobody in the special needs parenting space. Literally, nobody had ever heard of me or even knew that I had a child with special needs, and people came. I went from zero to 2,600 members, um, and it just exploded. And it really was out of just a passion of saying, we're going to do things differently. In my group, there was no negativity allowed. There was support only. If you saw a comment or a post that you didn't like, scroll past. And I think in the entire four years the group has been around, I've had to reprimand a total of three people. So it was pretty awesome. (laughs) That is great. And you did end up um, monetizing that group eventually, right? Yeah, so um, we've done you know several different things in there. I have a, a course for those moms. Um, in fact, I, I launched a book yesterday um, in in that space, and um, and it really became. I had people, other entrepreneurs, wanting to know how I had grown, monetized, and and really just attracted those dream customers into that group. Um, and that's when you know what I do now, which is helping other people build uh, not just groups, but like attract their dream customer to them um, through organic marketing, which is why I love this summit, but it's, it all stemmed from finding my passion, building a group around it and then going, Oh, what did I do that worked here? And now that's what I help people with. But Is it different when you're working from like the opposite
0: direction? So you started like with a passion project that you were then able to monetize. Is it different? I'm curious if you're starting with a business and you want
1: to form a group around it. Yeah, it's way better, actually, if you start with the monetization in mind. So how people people come in um, and the experience they receive early on tends to be um, where they stay. So it was hard to get those people to start to want to buy from me because they came with a free mindset, if that makes sense. And even though not all of them are freebie seekers, the group was not originally set up at like, I didn't have the intent of monetizing it. So it was hard to start to be like, Hey, I have something. Hey, I have this value for you. Yes. Some people immediately were like, of course, like you've been so valuable to me. Like I want your thing, but it was harder when you start your group with the intent of driving traffic, providing value, and then converting them into an offer right away within the first like five to 10 days of the group being open, you're pre-training buyers. And so that group tends to be a group more of buyers in the end. Awesome. Well, that's good to know. I I don't know what I expected,
0: but I feel like that's a great answer that I didn't know what to expect. And I think it's awesome. So (laughs) tell me a little bit. um, I know Facebook's demographics are are vast, like they have a big, diverse, you know, group of demographics. But if you could tell me a little bit maybe about the demographics of groups specifically and, and what businesses may be best suited to have a group on Facebook or if there are
1: businesses who might
0: not be a good fit? Whichever the easiest way to answer that question would be.
1: Yeah, so I think that almost any business realistically could have a group, but the key to whether or not you should have a group is really... Thinking, like, can I form a, a community of people around the thing that I do? So, let's say you're an ecom and you sell specifically scented candles and you want to, you know, have a group around your candles. You might say, okay, well, um, I am going to do candles around like a Harry Potter theme. I happen to be a big Harry Potter fan, so we're going to go there, right? And you might have different colored candles for the different houses and different scents and different things. And you would have a group of people that love Harry Potter and also love candles. And now they all have the, these common goals, these common pain points, these common stories. And so your group is going to be active. And then you're going to talk about why your candles are so awesome and why they should buy your candles. And now you've formed a tribe around that. So if you're an e totally works like that. You just have to attack it from that point of view. If you're an information-based product, if you, you know, like, so for instance, um, I have I have a program that helps people grow their own groups. So I need to be strategic in figuring out what are the challenges that somebody who may or may not want to have a group is facing. How do I let people know that's what this group does? How do I collect all those right people into a group? Um, You could be a big brand. You know, for instance, it might be cool if like BMW had their own group. They don't, but they totally should. I know we used to own a BMW. My, My husband was a huge car guy. Like he would love to talk BMW, whatever with the other BMW people. And so you can form a group around that. And then as the owner of that group, if you are the, you know, the people that run BMW, you can do special things for the members. Hey, members only, you know, whatever deal on this, on this thing or come to our members only event or whatever. And those group members now they already love your brand. They're going to tell other people about it. And they have a great experience inside that group where they get to connect with other friends who love the brand that they love. It, really anyone can have a group. It's just about figuring out why, Why would that person, your dream customer, want to be in your group? And when you figure out why they would want to be there and you tell them that you have this place they want to be, then your group works.
0: Awesome. And I love that. And I love the examples. I love the candle example. Um, And I feel like that topic can be anything that you're interested in, and then you just tie it back to what your product or service is. So I love that. Now, at the Organic Marketing Summit, we are focused very heavily on developing a marketing plan. So I'd love to know how important planning is when it comes to developing a Facebook group strategy and kind of just to your success as an entrepreneur in general.
1: Yes. So I definitely float in the middle um, of like the ready, aim, fire. I'm a little bit more (laughs) like fire, ready, aim kind of person. Um, I I think that there is something to be said for creating something that is strategic, that has a plan behind it, that you, that is thought through, but at the same time, you can't wait for it to be perfect before you launch. And this is where most entrepreneurs get stuck. And I am a perfectionist by all means, But it will literally never be perfect until you launch it and get enough feedback to perfect the thing. So launching is actually what will allow you to someday make it perfect. Because what your version of perfect is, I will promise you, is so far from your customer's version of perfect. It's not even funny. And you're going to be like... I you might launch something and people are going to ask you questions and you're going to be like, I didn't even realize you needed to know that thing. Like I didn't, I thought everybody, I thought that was so obvious. I thought we all knew how to walk. What do you mean you need an explanation on how to put one foot in front of the other? Okay, let's go back. Like it's crazy, but if you never launch, you'll never know that people need that thing. So I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle. And when I do a launch, I, I usually do, especially if we're doing it organically, it's very different if you're running ads, but when you do an organic launch, you have to find the sweet spot between like a short enough window where people don't feel like they've been stuck waiting and they forget about you, but a long enough window where your reach actually has a chance like to get somewhere. Have you guys ever noticed how you'll post something on Facebook and like four days later, all of a sudden people start liking it. And you're like, I posted this three days ago. What like, or in your feed, right? It's a holiday. And like three days after Thanksgiving is all the Thanksgiving posts. You're like, what's going on. And it's the, it's the way that the algorithm is trying to like, it has so much content. It's trying to filter through and it's trying to show you. And so you have to kind of like play that in. So I do an eight day, technically it's seven plus, like a bonus day launch. I almost always launch on a Monday because to people things start on Mondays and it seems weird. Cause you'd be like, things start on any of the week, but when's the best day to start a diet in most people's minds? Monday, Like people start things on Monday because it's the start of the week. And so they expect that something will happen on a Monday. And so the week before that, the prior Monday is when I start posting. I usually spend a couple weeks ahead of that time crafting out all of my posts all of my messaging, I get my group structured or my launch, whatever it is that I'm doing, my funnel, all that it's already built. I spend all that time building it out. And then one week before anything opens. So before I actually start taking sales on my offer, before my group opens, I actually start letting people in um, before a summit happens, all of that. I get people to start registering or joining the group or, you know, pre-purchasing the thing a week in advance. And so during that full week, I'm posting every single day consistently about that thing, which means that whether you see it on Monday or you see it on Friday, it's okay because it's going to carry through. And if you happen to see it on Friday and then go back through my timeline, there's more content that's already there for you to kind of overview. So... That's really the, the strategy behind it for me. But that week seems to be good, whether you're promoting a webinar or trying to get people into your group or to your offer. Um, that time frame tends to be a good amount of time to get usually organically. If you have a decent, like not even a big audience, you can get 50 to 100 people like jumping on your offer.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yes. Now you have so much value to contribute um, and you're sharing a ton about Facebook groups within the Organic Marketing Summit. Over the course of one week, which is happening in November, November 9th through the 13th, attendees are going to build their 2021 marketing plan alongside over 20 industry-leading experts, just like you, Chantel, who are invested in their success. Tickets are completely free. So anybody who doesn't have a ticket yet should immediately, right now, go to OrganicMarketingSummit.com and grab that free ticket. Just reserve it for free. Um, You want to do it now before you forget because... I get it. We are parents. We are business owners. We are busy. And if you don't do it now, you know, you might think you'll do it in 10 or 15 minutes. Um, something will happen. So go ahead, <laughs> grab that free ticket so that you have it so you don't miss anything. Um, you're not going to want to miss these presentations. Chantelle, thank you so much for, for joining me today. And I can't wait to see you at the
1: summit. Thank you so much for having me. And you guys have to get your tickets. Like it is one of those things, mark your calendar, get your ticket now. Meg's right. You'll forget. I'm (laughs) I'm always doing that, but get your ticket. It's one of those things where you will probably look back if you don't do this and be like, ah, I should have been there. Yes, for sure. Thank you, Chantel. Thank you.
0: Head over to OrganicMarketingSummit.com and grab your free ticket to the Organic Marketing Summit today. It's happening November 9th through 13th, and you definitely don't want to miss it. Bye for now. Do us a favor. Share this podcast to a friend. It's like my mom always says, sharing is
1: caring.